This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing. But to myself, that goes without saying. But what dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, It's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see McDonald's.com for full details. Good evening and welcome to the Ale in the Vale podcast. It is Thursday the 19th and it's 12 minutes before Bez's bedtime, so it's going to be the shortest pod in the world. How are you doing, Bez? I'm all right. You're keeping me up late tonight. You've kept us waiting so you can go on Darby's podcast. What's that about? Well, I arranged it, so it started at eight, but he was then late coming home from work. Wow. What can I do? What can I do? had any snow that way. Have you not? No, because my boss lives in Nottingham and they've got no snow. All right, because you can't blame that. So we can't blame that. What can all, we say? All you needed to do was go on, say stoke a shit, and so are you, and then come off. Oh yeah, but you're the you're the witty one of the the group, aren't you? Whereas I I come on and do the serious football talk. <laughs> I just still got on, and just said stoke a shit, and so were you, and left. <laughs> but yeah, but joined today by Andy. How you doing, mate? All right, yeah, nice to be back on. Cheers. Feels like a while. What, what have you been doing since we last spoke? Um, Is that Christmas and New Year? Yeah, yeah not much. Yeah, you, you know, um, I think last time I was on, I, I jumped on the Bristol Rovers review. But the last preview I did was, I think it was Lincoln. It was, feels like it, it's not really anyone's fault. It's just the way, you know, got knocked out of the FA Cup, not had any fixtures. Um, just, just it hasn't really panned out like that, has it? So, yeah, um, getting back to normality, you know, just after a... You know, a, a nice Christmas, uh, just getting back into the swing of things, really. Um, I don't really lead a particularly eventful life, so, um, you know, there's, there's not a great deal going on. You know, I've got no got no film reviews for you or anything like that. I have this week. Yeah, as you say, on that note, you have. Go for it, Bez. Yeah, led me in really well there, didn't you? Um, Sunday at home, I watched The Menu. 
Obviously, you, know, obviously you watched the menu. How was yeah. it? Enjoyed it. Really good. Yeah, decent film. Definitely worth a watch if anyone wants, you know, a film to watch. The menu, decent. And then last night I went to see Megan or M3 Gan, which is on at the cinema now. It's a new horror that's come out. And Carrie, podcast listener, was there. Weren't there together. I'm not starting any rumours. Um, my review of that is really clever concept and really clever film, but very poorly executed. All right, okay. So in a nutshell, it was shit. But I like the concept of it. it, so it could, have been, some, could have been really good. Could have been really, really good. But it wasn't. Well, at least it got you out of the house. Got me out of the house, sir. Ah. That's a positive then, isn't it? Yeah. You got any films lined up for, I'd say for the next one, but the next one's obviously Saturday. Yeah, none before that, no. No, and then before that, we're Tuesday, when, well, Wednesday probably we'll do it. Yeah, no, looking at what's on next week, there's probably nothing next week that takes me fancy, but then one's coming out called Plane, that looks decent, so I'm looking forward to that one. Fair enough then. So oh, and that, that... Unwanted, I think it is. Unsomething. Unwanted. Unsomething. That looked quite good. That's a horror. You you like your horrors, don't you? I do. I love an horror. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that was that was film review. Film review. So, man. I'm going to ask you a question now. That's not about Vale, but about Burslem in general. So Victoria Market and Burslem's been given the great uh, been a listed building now. Yeah. Do you think that we should? That, well, not I say we, but. It should if something should be done there, so it could be like the box park in Wembley type thing, where there's a couple of bars there, there's a couple of food outlets, and you can get people going in regularly. Because I don't know if you know the where the pop bank is in Stoke. They've done something similar with the Mexican theme and stuff like that. And there's there's things going on there, and just bring a bit of trade in there. Just, what what are you thinking? It could be a good place before failed then for everyone to go. Um, that one in Stoke, the Mexicans, you know what the first thing they did when they got there was? Well, Like the underlay, underlay. Oh, fucking hell. And it was a carpet joke. And it was a carpet joke brought to you by Tom Amos and Home Juice Carpets. Shit the bed. Oh. Um, I'm mixed on it is my honest answer. Okay. Because some, yes, they've got to do something in the building. It's a beautiful building and something needs to be done with it. If they do that, is it only going to be used every couple of weeks when the Vale are at home? And is it going to take trade away from your pubs and Burslem? But it, I, I, suppose, I suppose the question is, if you're if you if you're continuously looking at is something going to take trade away, I think that is the answer not always going to be yes. Mm. I mean, the flip side is it could get more people in Burslem and actually people then pop in the pubs and on the way and on the way back. Do you know what I mean? And actually it brings more trading because people think there's more going on there so it could work the other way yeah i was i was just thinking because how how the fan zone seems to be quite popular mm. if you could if you could get something like that going that's indoors it's it could be banging and then during the week there's obviously events and stuff that could go on there and it could work out nicely rather than it just being a massive building that's now derelict yeah and so. probably you know if they don't do something with it, let's be honest, it'll be the next place to grow in cannabis and then get set on fire. But yeah, because that, that's that's the standard of Burslem at the minute. But 
But yeah, that, that was just my musing for the... Um... Go on, Andy, what your thoughts? I'm just going to say, we've seen... In Manchester, you've, you've seen similar things pop up. Altrincham, I think, might have been the first, and there's ones now. Stockport Town Centre's got you know, a similar type of market-y thing. Um, just little stalls, food, nice foody things. I, I don't know if it's really the sort of thing that would take off in Stoke, though, in Stoke-on-Trent. It's... I don't know. It might just be a bit. I don't know. It's it's a bit more. I'm trying to find the right word without being offensive, but I think people will probably sort of think it's a bit too up itself, a bit too um, sophisticated, pompous. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't think people. I don't know. But then again, the fan zone's done a bit of a trade, hasn't it? With its, um, you know, some of their food's not particularly cheap. So it might, it might, there might be a market for it, but imagine if there was a market for it, somebody probably would have done something with that building already. And I don't know, we, we you just need to find a way of actually getting, getting businesses working and, 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 and doing good trade. And I, I think if, if he thought they could get a decent trade going, they, they probably would have already been doing it. It's, it's really sad. We were talking about, um, Hanley in another group chat and just how everything now Hanley seems to be car parks or mobility hubs I think they're calling them and it's like we've got all these car parks being built in Hanley and there's nothing really to go there and park your car there for No, I obviously went last night to the cinema there and the car park was empty, you go you park and I park on the new car park in the hive so I don't have to walk through Hanley just because it's a shame. I remember Andley when I was a kid and you'd go every Saturday and it was hustling and bustling and a nice, vibrant place to be now. It's anything but. But the car park was empty. Coast to coast that was is now completely everything inside's been ripped out, so it's just a shell. You've obviously got the old... Uh, Chiquitos is still open and you've got the pizza place, but then you've got the Frankie and Benny's that was as shut. So that's just an empty building now. I'm sure there's another one. This is at the Hive. Then you've got Nando's open and Bompan. So I, even that's got empty buildings. I think the down Piccadilly, down the cultural quarter, a load of stuff's recently shot as well. I think did Clay yeah. shot and, and a few of the yeah. bars around there. And that's yeah. that's an absolute killer, isn't it? Yeah. Now I remember, I was like you, you know, I'd, I'd go up Hanley on a Saturday afternoon with my mum and my auntie Cathy and we'd park up where the bus station is now on the old uh, car park yeah. and just work our way down um, from CNA where the Wilco is, just down that street and and that was, you know I, was, I would have rather gone the football but um, I was dragged along wasn't I, so um, I'd, I'd maybe if it was lucky I'd get uh, into uh, there was a there was a really good computer game shop up where TK Maxx is now and that arcade Yes, Forbidden Planet, Planet World, something like so that Getting on that way, yeah, it was, it was in there was Fantasy World next Fantasy door. Fantasy World, that's And there was, a, there was a computer. This is like going back to the end of the 80s. Oh, right. And yeah, that was, that was a, and Hanley was properly, you know, it was busy. You know, I go sometimes, I'll, I'll get a bus up to Hanley and, and get another bus up to Burslem. And Hanley on a Saturday afternoon now, it is dead. It's, it's terrible. It's like a proper ghost town. I tell you what I'd like to be done with that building, but I don't know if it's big enough. The one in Beerslam. Something like an indoor mini golf, like they've got a Newcastle, you know, the crazy golf thing. Oh, I went there on Saturday. The one in Newcastle? Yeah. Decent, good. isn't it? Yeah, good. Um, had a good 
good good few hours there, um, few drinks. Got a good cocktail menu. Do that. Um, what's that shuffleboard thing? Is it called? You know where you've got you just sort of slide in a glide in a um, like a puck down a, a wooden yeah. long wooden table. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Got that. Um, it's got a few. It's got a few decent old consoles in a room. Yeah. And, yeah. It's to bring the youngsters and bunch of tenter boos. You know, you twenty, thirty year olds that. And it's a gap trade around the town, so that's what I'd like. But I don't know if it's big enough. Yeah, it's the first time I've been up Castle in ages, and you know, you've got that um, the clubhouse we went to, uh, the playhouse uh, where Revs used to be. That's uh, decent as well. It's quite impressed, really. Yeah, yeah. It's about the only place in Stoke doing well. Yeah, there we go. So that that was the cultural part of the podcast. Um, <laughs> next, I'm going to ask you about a manager that our friend Josh Green um, loved to make videos about and see if you think he deserves an apology or not. John Yems, have you seen, have you heard his rant today on TalkSport? Um, yeah, I, Tom sent us a link in the group, didn't he? Um, yeah. I've not, I, I listened to about a minute of it and I had to turn it off because I was just cringing. Uh, um, he's a daft old sod, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, I shouldn't laugh. And I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's just because it, it's him. It's just an old man being stupid. It, I don't know, it's a bit like that Alan Partridge thing where he has to invite, ask someone to leave, you know. It's just, it's just really, really awkward. And, uh, it, I, I don't know, I don't know what I can say, really. It's... It, somebody say something because I'm just going to sort of say yeah. something. Basically, he's trying to say his ignorance of defence, isn't he? Because he's basically yeah. saying, when I was a kid, you could say them things. I didn't know you can't say them anymore, which I'm paraphrasing, but if you read between the lines, that's what he's saying, isn't he? Yeah, there, there was that, and there was, he, I noticed that he kept saying that there was something on the lines of it, it wasn't what what he was saying wasn't directly racist, and that was that was his sort of his his defence was well it wasn't it wasn't directly racist it was just kind of racist. Yeah, and I think what he's trying to say is he what he said when he was young wouldn't be classed as racist, but is now and he didn't realise it would now be classed as racist. So therefore it wasn't directly racist because he didn't know, which is what I meant by he's using ignorance yeah. as a defence. It's just it's just mad and the FA needs red sorting out as well. Like an eighteen month ban. Mm. It's that's ludicrous that is for some of the some of the things that have been reported that he said. Yeah, and all he kept saying is well I've been found innocent of X, Y, and Z rather than I've been found guilty of A, B yeah. and C. Yeah, it was like all oh, those fourteen charges, and I was found I was found innocent of some, and it's like, oh, that that's fine then. Yeah. He needed to stop digging. I yeah, think. he did. Yeah. Let's be honest, his managerial career is over because no one should touch him after, and I'm sure no one will touch him after that. No. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all done modules at work, haven't we, about sort of trying to you know learn what how to be a bit more considerate and learn about things like microaggressions and all these things and. You know, and, and no, I, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna not gonna say I'm perfect. But you know, you you've just got to have a bit more common sense and understand what things mean to people. You know, it just requires a bit of empathy, a bit of 
just trying to put yourself in other people's shoes every now and again, every once in a while. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the best way to say it, isn't it? Put yourself in someone else's shoes and hopefully it'll help people to speak out and actually defend if they do come up against things like that in the future. And I'd like to say that it won't happen, but let's be honest, we we, we know that there's the, the stuff that goes on. So we just hope that people are feeling now comfortable to speak out, even though the FA haven't covered themselves in glory with the um, with the punishment. Yeah. Um, Next on my agenda, Dave Amu. Signing Amu. for Crew. Yeah. What why? Why why is he why why is he punishing himself? Like, he like fi- him. I don't know. Final payday. Does he does he did he like it up here? You know, m- most of the time you hear people wanting to move back to, down south from they can't get away from this part of the world quick enough but i don't know maybe maybe settled maybe likes the house prices maybe just couldn't sell his house i don't know have they signed him permanent or loan no signed him till the end of the season i think but he's only played five times for stevenage this season so that's probably, probably the reason yes but, probably a final payday as well because if stevenage have released him crew will give him a signing on fee yeah and they probably promised him game time because let's be honest we could get a game for crew at the moment well, i don't know about if we could I reckon we could. Do you? I saw him. They signed a couple of kids, didn't they? And they look very, very young. I I mean, everyone looks young to me these days, but my God, they they look very... They were were kids, basically. One's on loan, I think. Keeper's on loan from Brighton. They did that Wakey Wines um, video. Yeah. 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 Terrible. Um, Talking about youngsters... There's a ex Vale youngster doing the rounds on Twitter at the minute as well. Yeah. Uh, Joel and Darby. And Darla? And Darla, is it? Yeah, I think Dollar. it is. Yeah. yeah, that's him, Joel. Scored a brilliant goal against Brighton in the FA Youth Cup and seen a lot of Vale fans talking about him now. Um, would, do you think he's the sort of player that it'd be nice to get in on loan? Or... Not now. Not now. Why? No. He's 16. And? Good enough. You're old enough. I, I agree. But he's 16. For me, what he's doing playing against Brighton under-18s in the FA Youth Cup for Man City and all the headlines are about him. And I believe that that's not just in Stoke because he's ex-Vale. I believe in Manchester all the headlines are about him. And he scored one, set one up. Maybe next year when he's 17. I think it's 16. He's a touch too young yet. And he's a winger, and we don't really do well with them, do we? No, but we've been playing wingers, so we need to start signing them if we're playing them. Well, we've been putting people on the pitch in wingers' positions. That's what I mean. So if we're, if we're actually playing them, we need to start signing some people that, they're at, that like their specialist position is there. Agree. Agree. I just personally think he's a touch too early yet to bring him in alone. But obviously, coming through our academy until the age of 10, it would be nice seeing back at some point. Or it'd be nice to see a massive salon clause names get sold for about two hundred million. Yeah, that 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 would be ideal, wouldn't it? Let's be yeah. fair. Even if it is a five percent salon clause, take five percent of that. I'd take five percent of two hundred million, I'm sure Carol would. Oh yeah. Should we sell sure. just, just sell him? Fleckers will be rubbing his hands saying we'll wait till the last day of the transfer window because we'll able to save a five or a week on someone's wage. Yeah, that that's it. We'll we'll get on to Flickers and the recruitment team. 
in a mail. I've got one more question specifically for you, Bez. Oh. I saw something quite interesting today. Oh. So referee question. Oh. Keeper. Yeah. If his feet are in the area, but his hands are outside, is that on ball? Yes. Depending if the ball is completely outside and his hands are completely outside, yes. If it's on the line, his hands and ball, then that's inside the box. But if his hands and ball are outside the box, yes, it's handball. Fair enough. I saw, I saw a keeper, he was on one of these real things on Facebook where the Bundesliga keeper had, had literally caught the ball on top of someone's head and his feet were in the area, but they went to VAR and deemed that the ball was outside. Mm. I wasn't sure about where where the line was with that. And did they give so, a free kick? They sent him off. Thank God for that. At least I got it right because yeah, you know well, you, 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 could, I say, you got that right, but I, was, <laughs> I just wasn't sure whether it was 100% spot on or because you've seen keepers like where the legs go flying out the area when they come sliding out, but their hands stay in, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. No, so, they got it right. There we go. So, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, it's rugby, isn't it? Where if you keep the ball in play, but your feet. They're out of the pitch. Yes. That's Ouch. out, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting one as well, isn't it? Right. Can you imagine that Gareth Bale goal that he scored, where he where where he knocked it past the man and then ran literally off the pitch to go round the bar? Was it Barcelona when he was playing? Yes. Yeah, it was against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final. Um, yeah. I think they played at Valencia. It was a good few years ago, 16, 17 maybe. Yeah, can you imagine that if the referee just blew up then and went, no, throw in, yeah, you ran off the pitch. And I can't remember the Thierry Henry one for France against Ireland where he handballed it and he knocked him out of that playoff game. Was he stood off the pitch when he handballed it? I can't remember it. He was he was very close to the line, wasn't he? Was yeah, because he, he basically used his hand to keep it in on the line, didn't he? And it ended up yeah. Ireland didn't qualify for the major tournament because of that and France went through instead of yeah, there's about two or three things wrong with it, wasn't there? Somebody said it'd yeah. be a foul in um, in um, volleyball if he'd done yeah. that. But I tell you what, let's just talk on general football again and go on VAR. Marcus Rashford's offside for Bruno Fernandez's goal because we haven't talked about this on the pod. No, we haven't. He was miles offside. And the truth is, the way the laws of the game are written, you can argue he's on, you can argue he's off, and you won't be wrong. There's no because there's no it's down to interpretation. There's no arguing there is on there there is onside in my eyes because the keeper's made a movement that's been affected by Rashford's run. So there he's he's interfering with play. Yeah, I mean to me, when you're that close to the ball and he's ran towards the ball, it's not like he's just stood still with his arms in the air. You've got to be offside. And the one that really sort of cements it for me is when you see someone's Photoshop Rashford out of the picture and the Man City player is about two yards away from the ball and Bruno Fernandez is about eight yards away from the ball. Yeah. How someone can interpret is not interfering there. And like I say, if that's your argument, you can put an argument forward and you're not technically wrong, but you're wrong. Yeah. Your thoughts, Andy? Are you going with this or against? Yeah, no, no, I massively agree. I'd, I'd much prefer a sort of a very traditional, old-fashioned view of the offside lords. It seems to me that you can, yeah, you can make an argument for saying he's onside or offside. And it seems to just be arse covering, really, if a if a, if a certain division, decision goes one way or another, then the referee and linesman can always be justified in, in giving it, and, and someone will always back him up. You know, it's like the Peter Walton thing, where no matter what happens, he'll he'll 
back the um, the referee's decision. Until VAR intervene and then he changes his mind as well. Yeah, I mean it's hard when when they actually when they're waiting for VAR and he's got to actually say, <clears throat> sorry, he's got to say um, what he thinks before they're actually given a decision that he can agree with. So um, I think the to be fair, I think he got England's second penalty right, didn't he, in the uh, quarterfinal? Yeah, I think I think that's one of the only things he has got right recently. Yeah. Yeah, I think on VAR as well. Have you seen it uh, during the FIFA World Club Cup that they're trialing the um, headsets so that you, we, as people watching on TV and the people in the stadium will be able to hear the ref's conversation? Yes. Thoughts on that one? I hope the first time they pick up a centre forward or a defender or whoever, calling the ref in F in C or something like that, the ref then goes, they've all heard you, there's your red card, off you go, son. That's what I hope. I assume it's only, from reading, it's only going to be used during the VAR decision, though. So when the ref's gone look at the monitor and stuff like that, it's, that's what it's going to be used for. Right. Mm. So it's I mean, I... people in the stadium know what's going on when VAR's happening. But what happens when both of them go, I ain't got a clue. Mm. Like, it's it's gonna it's gonna alter the conversation, isn't it? Yeah, probably. It's just gonna lend lead to something very bland and boring. I think it'll just be like the little clips of um, F1 radio that you get that don't really add anything at all. They're just like this is a snippet of somebody saying, "Yeah, all right, yeah, cheers, thanks," and that'll be it. It'll just be bland. Um, the 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 idea is get rid of it all together and then everyone's happy. Mm. Yeah, and I do agree with what Howard Webb is now doing in the Premier, where VAR is only interfering on clear and obvious errors, or supposedly, because surely you can't say it was a clear and obvious error, the Rashford one. But apart from that, it's in bloody old Man City for scored two in about two minutes to equalise against Spurs. There we go. Look at that. Spoiler alert there for anybody that might be watching might be watching that game after they've listened to us, or, or might be watching on a stream that's behind what Bez is watching. <laughs> yeah, there's three days behind. Yeah. Well, that could only be one of you two because everyone else, you, you know, <laughs> by the time this comes out, that game will have finished and they'll know the full time score. Yeah, well, someone might have worked nights and got home and thought, "Here we go on the way home. I'll listen. I'll listen to the pod, and then I'll get in and I'll watch the Man City game." Right then. Would do any of you two ever record a football match and watch it back later, the full ninety minutes, unless it's fail? If we've won, yeah, unless it's fail. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch any other. I wouldn't record any other game and watch it back. No, I, I don't. I don't have the facility to do that anymore. I'm. Uh... Have you got rid of the old VHS recorder, Andy? No, I've still got it. Have you? Actually, I could. I could bring it and, and put it on the. Um... Uh, on on the webcam now, if if, if I wanted to. <laughs> but no, I'm the same. I can't watch. To me, you either watch it live or you just watch the highlights. You you don't go back and watch the full ninety minutes again. I paused the Premier League game before kickoff to so like put George bed and stuff like that, and then come back and watched it, and then just fast forwarded half time to basically catch up. Yeah, I get that. I've done that myself. Then, I've fast-forwarded when they've been lying on the floor and that, and I've normally caught up pretty quick. 
Yeah, but yeah, I've, I've done I've done that, but yeah, I couldn't record a game because I I drive home and talk sports time with the result, and then it'd be like pointless. I'd be like waiting for the goal. Exactly. But, no, I'm, I'm off. I'm off the um, skybox now. I'm very much firmly in in the stick camp. So uh, you know, there's a cost saving, but you know, you have to put up with uh, certain inconveniences like not being able to rewind and uh, record things. And yeah, then when. When you sat in your pants watching La Liga and the police come storming through your door, I'm well, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to have a pair of trousers on at least in this weather. <laughs> True. Too no, soon. I have got Sky Sports and BT on the actual box, so they chucked it in. So I have got them. Yeah, but yeah, that's any any more for any more before we go into the thing that people want to hear us moan about, and that's recruitment. No, because we did touch on Charles, didn't we? On yeah, the last we touched we on, yeah. t- touch so on our evening. Yeah. Um, oh, the only other thing is Plymouth, last day of the season, getting moved. Oh, yeah, yeah due to the King's coronation being on the Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So Plymouth have got a lovely, lovely drive up for a midday kickoff. Yeah. Is that the day they're going to change all the stamps as well? I don't know. And, but, I'd assume so, because he's coronated then, isn't he? Yeah. So. They're changing them, aren't they? Yeah, putting the king's head on them. Yeah, but they're also changing the shape of them. What? They're making them a lot wider so they can get his ears on as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that's as bad as killing a swan. That's blast. Oh, actually, can, can you kill swans now? Because they were the queen's animal. Okay. Do we know what Charles is? Can we go around kicking? No, let's, let's not go down that animal rights activist will be on me. No, let's actually. Not. That reminds me, I think they are. You've got to change all your stamps, haven't you? You've got to send them into the post office now because I think they've got like a QR code on them or something. You're okay. telling them, I think they're telling you to. This isn't a joke, but I'm not saying anything up. It's just, I think they've, <laughs> I think, I think they've got QR codes on stamps now and you've got to go and if you got to use them by a certain date and now you just got to go to the post office if you've got any old books of stamps. So, yeah. I um, think I have actually. Yeah, but get, better get, get down to the post office on lunch tomorrow. I better do, man. Because I should be able to make it and work tomorrow. I had to work from home day today because of that white stuff. Oh, because there was a smattering of white stuff on the floor and everyone can't drive in. It's... That's it. That's it. That's... That, was just, that was just my cocaine from last night. Oh, oh no, dear. Lad, Ladderidge. I bet Ladderidge was uh, treacherous this morning. Yes, I bet it was. I bet it was. Um, my mum, I, I was on the phone to my mum and yeah, she said that up in the moorlands it wasn't um pretty this morning so i, I don't blame you stay at home oh yeah yeah but James, it doesn't mean you have to put your own eating on doesn't it do you know what my smart meter i spent nearly 10 quid today <sighs> Do i've had the eating on all day put an extra pair of socks on i've Jeez. eaten on i've treated myself treated myself because i should have been your neck of the woods Andy, in manchester if people have tuned into this pod listen talk about veil we Half an hour in, and we haven't, have we? <laughs> no, barely. <laughs> barely. I, I'm de- I'm delaying because I know it's not going to be the best of conversations. That's all. That's why I picked out other things to talk about. Just back to the stamps. Do you know why they're putting his head on it? Why? Because if it was his arse, no one would like it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> that's the, it. Um, I've done my dad jokes for the night now. The old stamps of Queen Elizabeth were um, that sort of model that profile of Queen Elizabeth was done by a fella from the Potteries, wasn't it? Oh, Arnold Machen. Uh, uh, the, the spoons in Newcastle is named after him. Yes. Uh, that what, as, see, I've always wondered what that was named after. There we go. 
Yeah, if you have a look on the walls, there's uh, things about him, and he, he did the uh, the old. Um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a freeze or something, just like a, a profile picture of Queen Elizabeth looking uh, right. And yeah, that was done by uh, Arnold Machen. It's, it's a very nice piece of work when you actually spend time looking at it. Yeah, there we go. Right, do we have to talk about the veil now? Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about on football. Right, before so we're gonna ask you another dad joke. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you both a really simple question before we deep dive into it. So, Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you our answer first, so Bez can have a moment to think about it because his old brain needs that recruitment. He's older than me. I know, but you've got an older brain. Uh, but with with, you, with your Alvis and your dad's jokes. Oh. Uh-huh. So, there we go. See, right. So, Andy, recruitment. Just simple question. Out of ten, what would you score it for this season? This season as a whole. Yeah. Um, five. Okay. Bez, go on. Same I'd question. Got, you. I'd got five in me head before Andy said five. Okay. So we're saying five out of ten. Yeah. And the reason. Do you want me to give me the rationale? Because not yet. Five, go on then, because five does sound very negative. It does, but not yet. We're, we're, we're going to go into it a bit deeper in terms of positionally now. So, goalkeeper-wise, recruitment, has it been has it been right, is, is what we're going to ask. So, what I want you both to consider in the question of has it been right is time of appointment, person, and type of appointment. So, loan keeper coming in. About three weeks into the season, was it? Yeah. So, what would you say that that was right for us at the time? I know that rumours are we missed out on a couple of people here and there, but let's 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 base on fact here. We signed Jack Stevens. Are we happy for the rest of the season with Jack Stevens? Go on, Bears. Right, for, for me, he come in too late, so that was wrong. Um, what was the next one? Is it the right signing in terms of loan over permanent? No, obviously we'd much prefer a permanent, so that was wrong. And personally, I don't rate him that much. I think we, there's better goalies out there, and I think we need a better goalie. I think he's bang average. He'll do us a job for staying in the league. He won't push us on any further. That's my view. And Andy, anything to add to Jack? Yeah, I mean, um, he's okay. Um, I, I, bang average sounds negative, and it, I, I don't mean it to be negative. Yeah, he isn't any better than okay. Um, I'd, I'd keep him I, if it's stick or twist. I wouldn't twist at this moment, but I wouldn't be looking to sign him permanently in the summer. I think you know, root cause. If you if you go way back to last January, year ago. When Lucas had just um, done his karate kick on Aaron McCurdy, that is probably a lot of the problems. You know, we had a goalkeeper who at that time had 18 months left on his contract and we probably wanted rid of him, but we were stuck with him. So we've had to loan him out. And that's probably tying our hands at the moment now is that we've got a goalkeeper who um, is still on the wage bill. We've loaned him out but we can't re- we couldn't really do anything in the summer because of the situation we were in uh, in in terms of really pushing the boat out for a for a number one um probably f- 
options fell through. We've ended up with with, with Jack, who's okay, um, but it seems to. Well, there were stats flying around. I saw something on OVF that said that you know he doesn't. We don't concede many chances, but we do concede a high proportion of those chances as goals. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. I, I, he's he's solid. He's, he's competent, but then then he'll just have a, a moment where when we do concede, it doesn't look pretty. Yeah, I'm still waiting for him to win us a game. Where you come away and think, God, Stevens is kept his end that and we've gone and nicked it. And he hadn't done it yet for me. And when I say bang average, it does sound very negative. You're right, Andy. He's a bang average league one keeper, which we probably hadn't got before. So it's not as negative as it sounds. But I, I want better. I think we all we can really do is is kick the can down the road again for another six months and see. Fucking hell, talking about bad goalies. Man City are now 3-2 up against Spurs and Lloris has just been done at his near post. But Hugo Lloris is actually the the best worst goalkeeper according to Talk Sport. Yeah, to be fair, and I'll give Stephen some due here. I'd have Stephen's over Lloris. I think that is fair. But I know, so, oh no, he only just won the World Cup. He's just lost the World Cup. He's just there lost the World Cup final, and it's here. Yeah, but he won the last World Cup. So on on that basis, we're talking about goalkeepers and. Looking at Ipswich, for example, that over the last two windows have spent nearly reportedly five million pound and on five different players. Like, does that change the opinion of actually a bang average player is probably the market we're shipping in, and we're looking to improve that bang average player now rather than being able to to look in the upper upper echelons of the the league for a player, or do you think that it's Solely down to other factors. For me, Ipswich are I can't get my words out. <laughs> Ipswich are an anomaly. Because what's the next high spending side? Ipswich <laughs> five million, get that. Ipswich walk away with the league or should do when you're spending that money, get that. And again, it sounds as though we're being negative here. I am more than happy with our position in the league and had a snatch your hand off at the start of the season. I think we're doing really, really well. But you're asking us questions specifically to this. There's going to, there's going to be positives in this chat. Don't worry. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's some coming out. In my opinion, there's some coming next. But, but yeah. Yeah, Ipswich, an anomaly. I can't think who else has spent money like that. Derby have brought a few, but I don't think they've spent money like that. I don't think Bolton have spent money like that. Portsmouth can't even afford a proper manager. They've gone down the route of someone who's never managed, I think. Yeah, he's never managed. Yeah, never managed. Portsmouth can't even afford a manager, never mind players. But yeah, yeah, in the same article, I think it was, Johnny, that you've probably seen that from, was it that there's 100 players in League One earning between over six grand up to 21 grand? Yeah, the, the, so so the, I think the Peterborough Telegraph have upset Barry Bannon again. Um, yeah, by saying he's on 21 grand a week. But they're saying there's 100 players in this league on yeah. over six grand. Now, yeah. that's more of a telling stat to me than the Ipswich spending five million because that's across the league. Yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, but, then, but then you can flip that around and go, well, out of them 100, there's probably 15 at, the, at Chef Wednesday, Derby, 
and stuff like that. So yeah. straight away, you could probably name four teams and you've got 60 of that 100. Yeah, so then, I bet you there's not one Vale exactly. player. We all know there's oh. not one Vale player in there. Oh, yeah, we all know there's not one Vale player, but I, I personally think that's because we were promoted 12 months too early for the project. Agree with that. And I don't want a Vale player on six grand a week because I don't want to put the club in jeopardy. Not until yeah. we can afford six grand a week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For, for, on that on that terms, if if the season tickets go from what they're about five thousand to seven thousand, for example. Yeah. Yeah. We we there's a possibility you can up everything because you're guaranteed. Well, you're obviously not guaranteed bums on seats, but that money that, that, that's that money's in, isn't it? So. Yeah. That'd be interesting, but yeah, I just uh, goalkeeping situation for myself. It's it's an awkward one. I think I think he's a better goalkeeper at this moment than Stone in terms of the shot stopping. But I just he doesn't command his area enough. Any and like you said, he's I don't think he's won as a game. He's made a couple of good saves, but you haven't sat there and gone, oh, he's won as the game there. He saved us a point every a couple of times. So I think that save he made on his debut against Bolton was pretty good. It just kept us in the game very early on in that. Then was it last minute away at Barnsley? Tipped one over. Maybe saved us a point there. Yeah, yeah Barn- Barnsley had a very good performance, actually. Barnsley, he did. But you say so, that. You say he's a better shot stopper than Stone. I've seen Stone pull off better saves than I've seen him pull off. Maybe that's just down to luck and obviously... Jack Stevens can't pull off a worldly save if someone isn't putting a worldly shot and he can only save what's it at him. But Aidan Stone exited away that air to where we'd have gone 1-0 down after 20 minutes really springs to mind. That was an unbelievable save. It was. The, the Mansfield at home one where the entire stadium, well, the entire Vale side of the stadium, stood and applauded him. Where he And it was just pure reaction. He just flew himself across the goal and managed to hit one wide. I haven't seen Stevens do anything like that yet. And also, there was one this season, Oxford. Yes, we were already 4-0 down, the game was gone, so he hasn't won his game. But he pulled off an unbelievable save in that game. And I haven't seen Stevens make any saves like that yet. Fair enough. So, is that because he hasn't had to? Because he's a better goalkeeper, though. Because no. he, command, he commands what's in front of him better, so he hasn't had to be put in them positions. No, I don't think that's down to him. I think that's just down to maybe... Stone has been unlucky and played a few games where we've allowed people to have these opportunities and when Stevens played, we haven't allowed them. Fair enough. I was dead that anyway. But I was just playing devil's advocate with that question. Yeah. But, so let's move on to a bit more positivity because for me, I think this is where we, we're 10 out of 10. Um, probably 9 out of 10 now Connor's gone, but centre-half. Don't think we've got any complaints with the centre-halves we've got in. Barring Lewis Cass, but I think there's a player in there. Um, and he just needs games for me. But everyone else, I'm more than comfortable with. Um, and big shout out to, I think it was Shazard on Facebook who agreed with me, review of Lewis Cass. Yeah. Um, Goodwin also said after t- for the first 20 minutes, he was the best player on the pitch. So there was, there was more than just you, you thinking that best, which is nice. Yeah, it makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Centre half wise, we're happy, aren't we? There's the, when we're obviously we know we need one now. Connor Hall's gone, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Go on then. You say nine, ten out of ten. Yeah. 
centre-half, we brought in Luis Cass, who, as you say, there's a player in there, but he hasn't produced it yet this season. Yeah, work in and progress. We, and we brought in Will Forrester, who's got the potential to be our best centre-half. Yeah. We can't string two, te- two games together without getting injured. Yeah. And, and I uh, love Will Forrester. He's, me new. he's taken over. I love Will Forrester. And he <laughs> does need to run of games now. But up to now, can you call him a 9, 10 out of 10 when he's played an handful of games and he's always injured? And that's playing devil's advocate because I do love him. Go on, Andy. No, I was just going to say, um, and you've got Derek. Don't forget Derek um, Agyakwa, who yeah. was on the bench the other night, but we've not really seen very much of him. Don't think I've seen him play at all. And when we brought him in, they did say, in all fairness, he's a development player. Yeah. Um, yeah, Will Forrester, I like him, but it seems that every time he makes a mistake, he's punished for it. And any sort of little thing, like Bristol Rovers, um, you know, he's it, it was possibly a, a foul away at Bristol Rovers, but he maybe just gets bullied a little bit too easily off the ball. And maybe that's how the ref saw it. And that might be down to not getting a consistent run of games because he keeps picking up knocks. And hopefully... They're behind him. He can get fit now and we can get him back in that starting 11 and he can play the next three, four, five games in a row without anything happening. Because I think he needs that. I just wondered if, you know, he's played on the left side of the three a couple of times. And I don't know if that was out of necessity or if maybe Clark sees him as someone who who can play there if, if we need him to. I don't know. Maybe. But I'm with you, Johnny. We definitely need another centre half in now. Yeah, I think it's it's not a necessity though, right this second, is it? Do you know what I mean? If, if you said which, which position do we need another one, or you wouldn't be saying we need a centre half in for Saturday. No, but we're bringing one position in. I know which position I'm saying. Yeah, and I think for me, centre half in the minute is third in my list for the for this season, unless something devastating happens in the next few days. Obviously, but yeah, well, what is it today? Is it nineteenth today? Yeah, yeah, nineteenth. So according to the commentary on. Monday, tomorrow's the last day that Oxford could recall Stevens. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what the commentator said on Sky on Monday 20th was the last day they could recall him. Yeah, fair so enough. So. Unless that happens, I'm with you. Yeah. And so I'm, I say, I'm more than happy with the centre-half situation. We've got, we've got Smithy, which I'd like to see him tied down. Um, Dan Jones has been a revelation this season, but also... We, he needs to improve a little bit on some of his decision making, um, so it's not perfect. Um, but I think for where we want to be, it's good. Um, wing back, then let's talk wing backs. Ha- let's be honest: the left wing back's been an absolute disaster this season, anti recruitment wise, because well, we've sent two of them back. Um, with what about? 100 minutes between them. So, Andy, where, where, where do you sit on the wing-backs as, as a pair? We won't, obviously, split them into left and right. We can just talk about it as a, as a unit. OK. Uh, Thierry Small, I know he's played wing-back for Southampton's, whatever it is, youth academy under-18 team, but he didn't look like a wing-back to me. He looked like an out-and-out winger. He didn't. He just didn't look like he had the discipline and the, the you know, the, the ugly side of the sort of the 
going backwards side. He just looked like a player who just wanted to play on the on the left side of a midfield four and just tell him and just tell him to get out wide and, and just spray crosses in, you know, like an old fashioned winger. That's how I viewed him anyway. Um McCarran, nice and tidy on the ball, but a bit of a bit of a blind alley merchant really. He, he just sort of I don't know, you couldn't really see him beating a man or trying to do something anything a little bit positive or, or too attacking. Um, but he's gone now, we believe, don't we? Oh, he's gone, yeah. Yeah. He's, no, but... he's, he's gone even to the point that, you know, we've not really said anything and no, nobody's really bothered to ask either. So, yeah, he's, he's just sort of out of the picture, isn't he? Yeah. Um, there's more chance of you playing left wing back for Vale this season than him. Yeah, and I'm right footed, so Yeah. Um Massey is the only other wing back we signed. Mm. Yeah, potentially. If you, if you want to put him there, if you want to categorise him as that, I mean he, he's played he plays here there everywhere at the moment. Uh but yeah, I mean Massey is a wing back. Um and uh, Bez, you had a bit of a rant about him, didn't you? Yeah. He's not, yeah. He's not a wing back. He's not a wing back. He's third choice right wing back for me if he is. He's not really a striker though, is he? He's, he's not a striker in a two, is he? No, no he's, he's a winger in a four-three-three. For yeah. me, potentially, could he play behind the front man as candy number ten? Maybe, but we haven't seen him there. So for now, he's a winger for me. Fair enough. I think so. Would we say wing back has been disastrous? Would we say? Yes. Yeah, I think on the basis that um, I mean, well, based on recruitment this season, um, Worrell's already there. Robinson's already there from the window twelve months ago, um, and they're okay. Well, you know, Worrell's a bit better than okay, but yeah, uh, Benin hasn't really had anyone to um, compete with him. You know, he'll lose his place and then he'll end up sort of winning it back by the other guy not really seizing his chance. Yeah, especially when it was Dan Jones, because you, you know full well that you need him at centre half. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Dan Jones has done okay when he's been played at, at left wing back, you know, when it or in games when he's had to sort of play in the back three and then switch to left wing back as. As you've gone and made subs, I think Derby away was one of them, but it doesn't really do him any good to chop and change, does it? No, I'd I'd say not, and I think like in in this window, I we definitely need one. We need a left wing back definitely. And I so think that was that your number be... one position. I'm taking it. See, no, it's my number two position. Oh, it's my number one. Yeah, that's my number two. Um. But yeah, so see, it's your number one position. Anyone tickled your pickle that you've seen this season, Bez? Like, no one springs to mind. Put me yeah. on the spot, but no one springs to mind. Yeah, I said, I did see that the Leaf Davies from Ipswich were bloody brilliant when we played them. Oh, but, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Paid both quid for him, didn't they? Both yeah. their fullbacks were um decent, but you know. In, in terms of realistic signings, I don't think there's anyone that I could see as taking off um, them off the, the hands. You know, 
I mean, no way we're going to sign our other Ipswiches, you know, for however yeah. much they cost. Um, Charlton's fullbacks, their fullbacks and their wingers were both decent. They had a lot of decent width, really, didn't they? They just that uh, Garner chose not to use them. Prefer yeah, to just play sideways and backwards. Doing well now, aren't they, Charlton? Yeah, yeah they've got a proper manager and a decent manager. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's all gone quiet on Big Eric, hasn't it, as well, from Tramia? Yeah, that's gone a bit quiet. Um, I don't know, obviously, it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's, it's how how much were we actually looking at him, or are we looking at him still? Do you know what I mean? Um, you look at, just having a, just having a quick look now, at Tramia's squad. Um, he played, he's, he's played the last, he always played the last, 10 games or so, played 90 minutes throughout, so he's very much their first choice. Um, so it'd be interesting if if we are taking that on, it's going to be a nice fee. Um, and maybe oh, that's your wonders after used as like Morecambe did on the stock, someone just to try and drive the price up, possibly. Um, but the problem is Peterborough went out and got someone else, didn't they? So, yeah, um, that might not have worked. and who knows? It, the, the begging bowl might come from Tramier and say, "Oh, can you?" But you'd think that with us selling Brad to him, that it's it was it'd be an easy transaction between the two, then, wouldn't it? Yeah. So that that'll be an interesting development. But left wing back's definitely high on <laughs> high on the shopping list. Um, cent- central midfield, then. What are your thoughts, Bears, on them? Obviously, half of them. We're, we're here to the start of the season. I think we only brought Ojo in well, and signed. Yeah. Yeah, we signed Tommy, but now we've now Walker and Charlesley have gone. Um, which means that we definitely need another. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm okay with send I think eight centimetre. I think start of the season we all said it was probably the strongest area. Then the season started we went, maybe it isn't. But Ojo is a great signing. Great signing. Him being out injured, I think, has probably cost us points. And the fact we're only five points off the playoffs, that's good. Pets, more than good enough for me for this level. Conlon is when he plays well. Garrity's proved to be more than good enough. Took a few games to get going, but once he found his feet, Garrity's more than good enough. And I personally was happy with Walker and Charles at the start of the season. And probably would still be happy with Walker now when Charles hasn't been given an opportunity. So midfield, I'm okay with, but yeah, we definitely need another. Andy, what what are your thoughts on the midfield? Yeah, there's only really been one player in, which is Funzo. Uh, The rest of it was players who we'd already had from last season. So, yeah, it's it's mainly a midfield sign with League Two in mind because there are a lot of players who, you know, were brought in to do a job in League Two and they've done a job in League Two and now it's can they do a job in League One or do we try and move them on like we've done with Walker and, and uh, Charlesley? So it's it's hard to create room for to manoeuvre when you, you know, you, you're trying to get players maybe out to, to make a bit of room to bring other players in. Um, we, we've got to sort of go with what we've got to a, to, a fa- to a fairly decent extent. You know, we've got to stick with what we've got and, and hope that, you know, from the plays we've already had um, in there, I mean, Conlon has, has found it 
difficult at times. Garrity, I think, has grown into it the longer the season's gone on. He's he's it's it's almost like the same similar learning curve he had about a year ago. I think he's been he's he's come on a lot. He's learned how to do a, a deeper role than he was doing a year ago. So his his learning curve over the last eighteen months has has been really impressive for me. Uh, who else have I missed? Walker, we haven't seen too much of, but he. I mean, I think the last time I saw him was at Derby, and he had a bit of a nightmare first off, and 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 that was it really. He just disappeared for for months, and uh, then he turns up on the bench at Forest Green. Um, is there anyone else I've missed out? Yeah, it's just a case of you know doing business. We'll see how we go in the summer now because there'll be players out of contract who, who will, might leave. Um, we maybe do have that room then to to reassess and start, and we've got a bit of space in the budget to actually start recruiting players for League One. And I think that's fair. I think you, you look at it that we de- we definitely need one in see us through, but you'd be happy with a alone alone signing from a, a decent club, wouldn't you? At that point, yeah. I mean, it depends what we'd get. And would would a say if we got an academy kid, would they be? Would would it be? Better would it be better for us to get a kid from an academy than it would be to throw Tommy in? Would we be better off blooding our own kids? And Tommy's maybe a bit more of a of a scrapper, a bit more of a, you know, he he. he I think he's up for a bit more of a fight, whereas a kid from an academy might not fancy coming down the divisions and um, and having to roll his sleeves up. If he doesn't go out on loan, I'm with you. Well, if he goes out on loan, he doesn't have to go out on loan in the window because probably in all likelihood we're going to loan him into maybe non-league. I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. You'd say... You'd say- maximum north or south wouldn't you i don't i don't know if he's ready for national legal so we could load him out and get him back and put him back in the team say we're safe in sort of april he, he could play a few games at the end of the season maybe i don't know it might be the right time for him mm. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they're working on a, on a, on a plan for his development anyway but he probably yeah. does need to be playing some proper football. Soon. Yeah, he definitely he definitely does, and some similar to Plenty as well. Probably he he needs to be playing some some men's football somewhere. Well, he had his spell earlier in Sydney at Northwich, where he got rave reviews. Yeah, but like that's that's it. But I think consistency is the key, isn't it? And a month will be great for him, but mm. he's he needs the next six months and and see what happens now. Maybe. Now they're out the youth cup and stuff. Mm. That, that could be an opportunity. Yeah, maybe because obviously Festus is at Hanley Town now, isn't he on loan? Yeah, he's gone back there because um, he was he was there before, wasn't he? So I don't think he'd come back. I think he was just allowed to play in the youth game. All right, yeah. So yeah, that'll do him a lot of good as well, playing against men there. He, he, he looks a decent player as well. So we've yeah. got a couple of good prospects there, which will be interesting. Um, um, next then we'll go on to the position I think is my number one um, striker 
what would you say, Bez? Obviously, you love Jamie Proctor, but yeah, but we we knew Milton Keynes was it? Yeah, yeah. We knew start the season. We knew we was playing with injury and just doing a job because we've got no striker fit, had we? And I think obviously Addison coming too late, but it was a good signing and glad it's permanent. So. They ticked two of the three boxes, but obviously it would have been nice to have him in a lot earlier because the fact that we played with Jamie Proctor, who was playing on one leg and no strikers. Um, how do you judge it overall? Willow's played an handful of games this season and another one that can't seem to string two or three games together. But I do think that's no fault to his own. He's been kicked from pillar to post and referees have let him be kicked from pillar to post. Wickham, Chef Wednesday... You know, they've gone straight through him. So it's no fault of Willow, but he has been kept from pillar to post. And he now needs a run of games and needs to get five, six, seven games under his belt. I understand why you're saying it's probably first choice. And if Harrison is going to be out for weeks, I agree with you. If Harrison appears in the starting lineup at the weekend, I want a left wing back before the, not want a left wing back before strikes. I want both. But for me, a left wing back would be more important than a striker if Harrison is fit. So if if Harrison is fit, but Willow isn't, and Proctor yeah. is, we're left with Harrison and Miko still. So I I honestly still believe we need another striker unless there's a guarantee that all three of them are going to be fit. At the same the breath, at left wing back, we've only got Mal Benny. Yeah, I get that. But I, my argument with that is when was the last time Benning was injured compared to... Like, compared to the other four. So that would be my that. only argument that playing Tommy up there, playing this three up front, playing like Massey there and, and such like just, just hasn't worked for me. I, I, I think we need we need another striker to help Meepo out, to help Harrison take a bit of the load off, to help Willow. But yeah, that, that's... I that's, agree, it has worked. However, we've got the potential to play Massey there. Agree it's not his best position, it hasn't worked. We've got the potential to play Butterworth there. Agree it's not his best position. Probably haven't seen it much. And you've also got the potential, and again, I'm not saying this is the answer, and Tom, close your ears. You've got the potential to play politic there. So for me, there is other options, whereas at left wing back, we've got one option. Which is why, for me, we need another option. Because if we got another left wing back, after Monday, Mal Benning would not be starting on Saturday. However, we've got no choice but to start him on Saturday. You know what, you know what Daryl Clark's like. That's you, true. You could find plenty starting there. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that could happen. But Andy, where, where do you sit on the strikers? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, um, Johnny, when you know, you've know you made the point that we've had so many makeshift strikers this season that it's that's probably a sign of, of how things have gone you know we've had started the season with Tommy McDermott up front we've had Ben Garrity a, a couple of times Bolton I think at home Burton away um, Massey's played in the front too and I don't really think he's that we've seen Rory playing up there Rory Holden uh, and he's just it's just very, very makeshift. And you just think, you know, we're making do with forwards that, you know, they're not they're not forwards, but we're having to sort of just shoehorn players up there because we haven't got 
enough squad depth up front to sustain a couple of injuries here and there, you know, considering how, you know, we lose Proctor in pre-season, then we lose Wilson in pre-season, and, and we're absolutely screwed, aren't we? And and then now we're coming back and it's almost the same thing's happening where Ellis and Wilson get injured. And against Peterborough, as much as, you know, we, we had spells in the game where we looked nice, we just had absolutely no teeth. And, yeah, if, if you go back all the way to the summer, it's probably where we've we, we've got it wrong. And I don't know if we underestimated how much we thought players had, had won. Uh, and, and even then, Ellis, as great as he is, it, how long did the season go before we actually signed him? You know, how, how many games did we play without a striker before we eventually ended up getting Ellis Harrison? So it all seems like we were a little bit ill-prepared in, in 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 the forward role, and also the other thing is, we signed arguably too many players who are maybe forwards, but they're not strikers. You know, number tens, wingers, little sort of players in behind, players who can maybe play in a three but not in a two. Um, you know, you've got your Dennis's and your Butterworths and your. Rory Holdens, who can sort of float around, but they can't actually play with a back to goal or play through down the middle and hold the ball up and and, and do that sort of dirty side of centre forward play, which is what we really look like we've been lacking, you know, particularly on Monday night. So, question for you both then. Partially, this is coming from the Connor Hall being allowed to go to be close to his family. Partially, this is because football's a a results business are we too nice as a club because for me if if Jamie Proctor in the position he is isn't going to be fit in the next week or so I'd be I'd be tempted to just go how much to, to tear up the contract and let's let let's start again sort of thing because it's it's taking it's a wage it's taking I know he's not going to go for free because He's not fully fit, so there's no guarantee he'll get a new club, but he's doing well with his insurance side of it, um, with his little side hustle. Uh, but are we too nice in that sort of aspect? Similarly, giving Holden the chance, and obviously there's the, the money side of it. We don't know. They both could be on pittance, basic, and could be on a massive bonus if they actually are fit, and etc. But are we too nice in that stance? Or is it the right thing to see it's let Proctor see out the next six months. What are your thoughts? Go on, Andy. Let you go. Um, I, I don't see anyone else letting us do that. I don't see anyone else giving away their players to us before they've had a chance to recruit someone to backfill them. So may, maybe we are. Uh, with regard to Proctor, we need to sit down and decide what we want to do with him, what he wants to do. And and if if there's an opportunity for him to play for someone else, then I mean I don't know where he is in terms of his fitness. If um, if if he's near enough that, but it's it's a risk for him, isn't it? He could end up. I mean, depending on how much he gets paid off, he could end up without a club between and and between now and um, well, end of 
the season, and he's he's sort of gambling that against um, what February, March, April, May, June wages, and possibly I don't know if he gets an extra month severance, but yeah, it's 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 he's contracted. He he'll know he'll get that whatever if he just sort of um, if he just sits tight. So I could. It's probably not really any incentive for him to to do anything other than than sit tight and stay here, I suppose, unless he really wants games. It, obviously, it depends on his contract structure as well. Bez, I know you love Jamie Proctor. I do love Jamie Proctor. And I would fully imagine that he's not on a lot of money because we knew at the start of the season he was injured. So I'm guessing you know, of contract negotiations with other players that are no longer with us or anything go by. He wasn't offered a lot of money. Um, I'd imagine Rory Olden isn't on a lot of money and he's probably less money than you would bring a player in for. But I suppose the question is, could you combine him and get a player that will play? But, you know, combine the wages, that is not the two players. But combine the wages, get a player that will play, maybe. Um, I don't think we're doing ourselves any harm with, you know, letting Connor all go and the way we treat people, because surely that'll be a selling point when we do come to sign players. We just need to get them something decent to play on. Yeah, well, because I do think that will have a negative impact now. I, I think in news, got our pitch is no worse than it's always been. Let's not kid ourselves and say that speed is gone and now the pitch is horrendous. The pitch has been horrendous all my life. I'm 36. The difference is now, 20 years ago, everybody's pitch was horrendous. Now, ours is horrendous. And they can either come Vale and play on an horrendous pitch week in, week out, or go to another club and play on an horrendous pitch once, which is when they travel to Vale Park, but play on a nice pitch for the rest of the season. So everyone else has moved forward on the pitch, and we haven't. And I don't know how the hell I got there from the question you asked. Yeah, you've done, you've, you've done well. I've got to get a pitch rant in there, haven't you? From, from... <laughs> yeah, some, some years of the pitch had been worse than others. I remember the two worst seasons I remember from my own memory were the LDV Vans season yeah. and the uh, they showed that on the build-up on Sky Sports, didn't they? They showed that game yes. from Peterborough. We yes. beat them 5-0. And I think that was the end of a week where we just won about four games in a week. I think we, we did we have the Stoke? Game that no, there was a there was a couple of rearranged games because there was a massive fixture backlog anyway, and I think we went to Wickham, we went to Colchester, I think we we had a mad week where we won about four or five games in about eight days. Anyway, uh, that season was was one of the worst seasons I remember for the pitch. The other one was the promotion season in ninety three ninety four, and um, it's just the thing with this season is it seems to have been terrible a lot earlier. And maybe that's something they've tried to do at the pitch in October time to see it through the winter and it, and it hasn't worked. So, yeah, that's that's going to be something that needs addressing because people aren't going to send the you know, players out on loan. Managers aren't going to send um, kids out on loan to Vale if, if they see, if that's what they see as playing on. Yeah. And it might well be a, a factor that makes a player choose another club ahead of us. Yeah. And back then, 20 years ago, Andy, you'd have been going home and away and seen a lot of other pitches. Other pitches were just as bad. Oh, yeah, there were. I mean, I remember Berry away. 
Yes. And that was when United's um, reserve team used their ground and it was just a sandpit. Yeah. And other pitches have come on a hell of a lot now compared to ours. And ours yeah. is still the same pitch. So for me, it's no worse for those saying it's worse. But everyone else has moved on and we haven't. But I think our pitch has always been a particular type of bad. It's just like a pudding. It, there's there's absolutely no sort of life in it. The bounce just goes, you know, it just just plops on the floor pretty much when 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 the ball bounces and it just it's it's a quite slow pitch. I think even when it's nice and lush and green, everyone says it's it's very slow. I remember um I remember Lee Hughes talking um about he scored a last-minute equaliser against Bristol City when he intercepted a back pass and rounded the keeper. And he mentioned on that he had to take an extra touch more than he, he wanted to take just because the ball was that slow. He was trying to round the keeper and it just wasn't running. He took an extra touch and he, he put it away well, but it was just how he had to react in that moment and and, uh, and just improvise to, to make sure he, he, got, he, got the, he got the ball in the back of the net. So it's just a bit of a funny old pitch, isn't it? It's a bit of a... Yeah. Bit of a weird one. Yeah, that's the next job if it was up to me. But I get there's going to be other things you need to spend money on as well. So, so yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing as well. You know, if we, we're not going up realistically, when I mean, we could go up, but realistically, we can't string two wins together. Uh, and, you know, we, we're going to have to start doing that if we want to make a consistent run towards the playoffs. But we're not going down either. So, Unless there's an absolute disaster, I think four wins and a handful of draws, five wins will see us safe. Uh, so it would take a, an absolute collapse. And with that in mind, you know, we don't have to push the boat out in terms of signings uh, un- unless we choose to. You know, we could bank the money and, and, and look at um, what can we do with it in the summer. We'll get better value for. And any signings, you know, you, you, you don't, there are very few bargains in January. You know, you, you'll probably, if you can hang on to the money and, and look at what you can do in, in the summer when the players out of contract, you'll probably get a lot better value for money in the transfer market. And we've also got other things we probably want to spend the money on, such as the pitch and other various ground improvements. So taking money out of that part just to, get someone in January when we maybe don't need to in terms of where it's going to, what it's going to affect uh, status for next season. You can, you can see that argument, can't you? I can. Yeah, I, I, can, see, I can see the argument. And I think the one thing I've, I have noticed is that Willow and Harrison miss more games at Vale than they do away from home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite telling. That yeah. maybe they're protected rather than injured and I don't mean that they're not injured I just mean that their injury is likely to be worsened by playing on aisle pitch than it is playing somewhere else yeah was it Steve who made that point on Boxing Day yeah I think he did when um, when Willow was absent so yeah no I I, I get that it's just I suppose that's you... the other thing isn't it, to look at from what you've just said about the attractiveness behind the pick. Um, so last, I'd say last position, last bucket, and that's a another because 
we've signed Butterworth, Politic, Holden that we've all mentioned that aren't don't really fit in any of them sort of areas. Do you think that they've they've been successful signings, or is there scope for change in the, in them sort of positions? We obviously we don't know how long Holden signed for. Um, we all thought it was a short term deal, but actually looking back over the article, it doesn't make it clear or not either way. So it could be a twelve month deal for him, seeing as he was still there the other day. Um, so what, what are we what are we thinking about the sort of plan B signings? You could throw Massey in there, I suppose. And is is that has that been successful for us? Do you think if, think if you throw in Massey into them four, I'd say one and all for the four has been okay. So Butterworth and half of Massey. Correct. Okay. Fair. Do you, do you think? Do you think that we? Is there a reason we don't use politic on the wing when we play when we're playing wingers? Like that. Don't know. That's the bit that we've been confusing me over the last. That's what I've been chewing the fact over the last few days is we started Butterworth out there and granted that worked against Plymouth, but. Is that more because Willow was up there, not Meepo, and that's no disrespect to Meepo. And we didn't really speak about him at all, actually. Um, no, we didn't. But it's... Yeah, I just... I, I think I think that, that group of players seems a weird fit of signings. It seems like Butterworth was brought in as a striker, but then we quickly saw, actually, he's better elsewhere in terms of in that hole and behind a striker buzzing about and he plays better there politic we know is a winger Holden we were told he was a winger that played off the right with being left footed and then Massey was a bit of a right sided player wasn't he um, so yeah I'm I'm just a bit I think I think, I think well, what I've gathered from this chat is the recruitment's been a bit poor hasn't it even though we've probably defended it mm. Um, I think after doing a deep dive, I agree with you. Yeah, because like we, we we said before, two of the three have probably been right. But after 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 this chat, I'm probably looking. Do you know what? It's probably one in three that's right in terms of Butterworth, good signing. Paul um, Forrester, good signing. Um, Ojo, Ojo, yeah, good signing, and then Harrison, good signing. Mipo jury's out on still. I think he had a couple of really good sub performances, and then Monday happened for him. But I'm not solely blaming Mipo for that because it's 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 hard. It'd be hard for any young lad to to go and do play that position. So yeah, I'm I've probably changed my opinion on the the recruitment. Andy, where are you sat? It's hard to have too much of a pot because. I mean, at the end of the day, we're mid, we're, we're comfortably mid table. We're far further away from relegation than anyone would probably would have expected at the start of the season. But on the on the flip side of that, it's largely down to players we already had at our disposal um, at the end of last season. Really, I mean, that, that's the that's the core of the side and. Um, you know, a, a 
better, you know, our, you know, our, our backbone of the side is, is players who we still had last season, and we've not really added very many players who are now you'd say are um, important. You know, we've got bit part players, players who come in and out, but that. Would would you say many of the summer signings and and now part of the backbone of the side? And I don't think there are. I think we we're still sort of utilizing signings who we had a, a year ago. So it's I don't know. We haven't really exactly improved, done too much. Too, there haven't been too many upgrades this summer. I think you know Harrison, um, Funzo. Although he hasn't really been fit, they're players with a bit more quality than what we've had. A lot of the rest of them are squad filler. I'd, I'd probably argue. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask what Bez just while he's just mentioned that. Yeah. Devil's advocate question again: Is Harrison a better player than Proctor then? Because you just you said Harrison's improved, and obviously. Talking obviously a fit Jamie Proctor, but in your eyes, Andy, would you say that that is an upgrade? Um, in terms of fitness, age, just generally being a bit more mobile. I think, I think, yeah, I think Harrison has just got a bit more of an all-round thing in his locker. I think he's just a bit quicker. He'd probably get through a bit more running. Um, Proctor uh, I think we, we took a chance on him when we signed him with his injury record just you know we're just trying to keep him fit and, and get him scoring there's definitely a decent um, target man in there but it just we always had to weigh that up against um, we knew he'd had his, his problems and I think Ellis is just a little bit more in a few different departments, really. Just with just with it, Alice seeming to have picked up the more than its fair share of injuries recently as well. Yeah, that's. I I think we said at the start of the season, or I, I thought he just looked like a naturally fit player, but he just seems to have just. I don't know. His head's dropped a bit as well. I don't know if if that's just coincidence or, or what, but. You know, at the start of the season, you know, he was absolutely buzzing. He was, he came and he was banging for him straight away, and it just seems to have just gone a little bit. It's flatlined just a little bit for him at the moment, and I don't know what we if if he just needs a bit of time just to um just sort his injuries out, maybe um, get his head back on. I don't know. He, or maybe he just needs a goal. Maybe it's just something as simple as that. He gets in the side, one bounces off his arse, goes in, and he's away again. But I do think, you know, he's certainly, you know, he's League One, isn't he? Yeah, definitely for me. How's that? So, Bez, what were you going to ask? I can't remember now. Oh, I, can't remember. I was... Can, I was going to say, because that all sounds like we've had a really negative half an hour, 40 minutes there, an hour 20, to be fair. But it just says, actually, the recruitment last summer, before the League 2 campaign started, for where we are in League 1 now, was exceptional. Yeah. So let's end it on a high. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think what you what we've got to say is look look looking at it on paper, and it is solely on paper on individuals. The recruitment hasn't been brilliant this this last six months. However, the fact that you've got players like Ben Garrity who are stepping up and looking like an established League One player, you've got Dan Jones looking better than he has done for a while, and players like that. Pat. Yeah, Tom Pat. Pat Willow, when he's fit, never looks out of place. Yeah, was was doesn't look out of place. Benning on the whole doesn't. There's yeah. there's there's a steady league one. There's a steady league one wing back there. So I mean not spectacular, but again, we're eleventh and that's that's to, that's not to be sniffed at at the minute. Um and I and I do I do think overall we've done all right. I just think when you look at this last six months, you think, have, have a couple been, I don't want to say panic signings, but have we brought in politics for the wrong reasons? Because he had an handful of good games last season. We don't know. But hopefully, by this time next week, let's say, we've got we've got three through the door. One of them's Tyrese for you, mate. And you're saying how much you love Dave Flitcroft. I hope so. Yeah, it's just quickly, and I know you mean not maybe not panic signings, but they don't seem to. There's been a lot of talk. You know, they've they've talked the talk about the recruitment and all the scouting tools and everything that they would have used to scout players and get the right players into the club. It doesn't feel as though that's been the case with a lot of signings. You know, Rory Holden, Alex Harrison. The, the Clark's old players from his previous clubs, nothing wrong with that, but it just seems like, you know, this scouting matrix isn't necessarily doing what we were told he was going to do. You know, it, we've, we've had to go out and just sort of get bodies in. Or is the scouting matrix picking up players that are just outside of our capability of bringing in at the moment? Because we, we've missed out on X, Y and Z more in the summer than now because the club's tighter than bloody anything at the moment because you, nothing comes out. But when you're reading Jamal Blackman, when you're reading players like, and oh, we've missed out. Maybe we're identifying the right players, but they're just out of our price range. Maybe, but maybe we just underestimated. Um, and, you know, clubs like Ipswich throwing daft money around doesn't help. No. You know, it's pushing the market up. <laughs> generally but maybe we just um underestimated what what the wage demands were but then then we move down to the next level below that you know the the there are i'm sure there are journeymen out there who, who do as a job at the moment we we're struggling for um strength and depth up front and there would have been strikers out there the probably names are being circulated now as we speak who who could come in on loan and 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 improve us compared to what we did up up front on Monday night? And just to end it here, because we're going to have to really quick more and preview. We'll pass my bedtime now. Um, if by the end of this window we brought in a few loan players, I'll say that's a disappointing window because if we were bringing in loan players, for me, they should have been ready to go pretty much first of January. So you get the full month of January out of them. We haven't for the Peterborough game where potentially we can do better than we did and we're in a playoff push and you haven't for that. 
So if we bring in loan players this window, for me, we're way too late and it's been a poor window. If we bring in permanent signings that we're bringing in on 18-month, two-and-a-half-year contracts, even three-and-a-half-year contracts, who knows, that are here to settle in for the rest of the season where we're a comfortable mid-table team and then they're there because they're better than what we've gone the game pushes on next season. I'm okay with that and I'd say, actually, we've done the right thing this window. So, with, with that sort with that overview... Mm-hmm. So, for example, Ipswich is number one goalkeeper, that Walton. They signed Joel, can't remember his surname, but they signed the Rochdale keeper and they've got Hedlacki. Yeah. If, for example, Hedlacki come in in January, on loan for six months, and two other loan players, would you still say it's his poor loan window? Yeah, I'd say Hedlacki coming in on loan for six months is an absolute waste because... Yes, he's better than what we've got, but is he going to get us promoted this season? No, and we're just paying another wage. If a lackey comes in in January on an 18-month contract or a two-and-a-half-year contract and we've signed him, I'd say that's a great signing. But he's on he's, he's out of contract in the summer, so... But then you're bringing him on loan to put him in the shop window for other clubs. I mean, that's I mean, my view. Yeah, I, I, get, I get the view, because obviously, like you say, you're putting him in the window, and if he has a good six months... Someone else could go. Oh, actually, we'll take a punt on him. But you've got to hope that the the added things that has meant Connor all can go could keep someone like that if if we really wanted to. But let's be honest, the lackey's what thirty two, thirty three. He's that age. Yeah. Someone comes and says, "We're going to give you an extra grand a week and an extra ten grand signing on." He's going to say, "Thank you very much." Yeah, very true. So, like you said, let's move on to a quick. Quick Morecambe preview. Unbeaten in the last three. Conceded one goal in them three games and scored nine. So we're going to a very, very informed Derek Adams Morecambe side, which I think is going to be completely different than the the drab affair at Vale Park. Um, we, were the, we were the last team to beat them, weren't we? We were. They've, like I say, they've scored, they've played the last three games at home as well. So... That's that's an interesting one, um, and like I said one all one all three. So they beat Accrington two nil, Burton five nil, and Cheltenham two one. Um, it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be as easy as it probably looked when we beat them one nil at home. Um, Derek Adams seems to have finally got something from them. What are you thinking, Bez? I'm thinking they didn't play at the weekend, did they? So they've had an extra bit off because their match got called off against Cambridge. Yeah, yeah their roof blew off, didn't it, at the Abbey Stadium? Oh, did it? Well, yeah, it's not not the whole of the roof, but a few panels. Yeah, so I'm just stand. looking at their last lineup that they had then. That Gibson, obviously, he's still there. I thought he was class at Vale Park, number four, Liam Gibson. I thought he looked a real good player. Uh, there's one or two that have um They've got gone. that Farage Rawson Anthony at the back still, unless these have been sold since the last one. They he's still there. Uh, Donald loves back from suspension, obviously after getting sent off at the Vale. I think we go there and beat them. Honestly, do I know they're in form? I know they've scored nine, conceded one in the last three, and they've won the last three. I think we go there and beat them. The Jewish defeat, aren't they? Yeah. No, it's been funny uh, that 
sort of the relegation battle's been very, very hard, hasn't it? Mm. Teams starting finding form, winning, and then back down to earth with a bump. You know, like Burton beat Forest Green, get a bit of run, a bit of a run together, and now they get was it five against uh, Morecambe and four against Trues in the weekend. So it's 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 going to be a very weird um, relegation battle. And what to be fair to Morecambe, they looked good on Boxing Day, but they looked like a team that had absolutely no luck whatsoever. And as everyone said, you know you're going down or you know you're a relegation team when, when things like that go against you, like hitting the post and then conceding the next minute or just generally good build-up play, but without any sort of cutting edge up front. But, you know, they did a lot of the right things and then certainly... They're not a bad side, and, and they, they could easily they'll fancy themselves. You know, if we're not on it, they they could they could do us, couldn't they? Yeah, they'll fancy themselves, and I think they'll stay up. But I think we've got enough. Go there, bounce back from a poor performance Monday. Clark, you'll have them right up for it. We'll have a pitch where we can pass the ball, and it actually rolls. We're going for it. We're getting beaten. So brought to brought to you by Andy's Taxis because it's an away day. What's what's your starting eleven? I'll go Stevens in goal. Forrester, Smith, Jones back three. Water on the right, Benning on the left. I'm going back to a three-man midfield. So I'm going Ojo, Pet with Garrity in front of him, giving a bit of a licence. I'm going Alice Harrison to start with Mipo next to him. So are you, you going off the Willow and um, Conlon are out injured then, or is that Conlon just not? Picks because of form? Not picked because of form. If Fair. he's fit, he makes the bench. Fair enough. Andy, anything, anything different from you? Um, I just think we've got to manage Worrell, haven't we? He lasted an hour, um, an hour or so on Monday. Does he... How, how long can we get out of him on Saturday? Do we have to maybe play him off the bench or do we do we start him and then Sammy comes it, it's it's you you never know do you with with Clark what what comes out of the tombola when when he's picking his team I, I'd like to see Forrester Smith and Dan Jones in the back three um Benning probably keeps his place because there's no one else um who can realistically challenge him I hope Alice is fit uh I'd probably play I'd probably play Massey alongside him in his front two. And then it's just a case of who you have in your uh, midfield three. And I'd probably go with um, Ojo, Pet, and Garrity. So it's just, I think I've just got 10 players there and it's just the right wing back. And may, maybe maybe Sammy gets a run out. I don't know if Warwick was as... Um, I don't know. Do we do we give him a rest? Do we maybe play him off the bench? That with Clark, it could be anything. For me, I think if we didn't have Derby on Tuesday, it wasn't start. But I, I think thought about that. Yeah, we're probably needing more for the Derby game as well, which which is a, an unwelcome distraction um, again. But I'd be looking at. 
the only the only change I'd be making from what what you pair have been talking, I'd start Butterworth in behind Meepo and Harrison. Mm. Um, so who's your middle two? Are you going Pat Ojo, Garrity Pat, Garrity Ojo? I'd be going Garrity and Ojo. Mm. Um, just just not Pat's done nothing, nothing wrong. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at Derby and thinking we need we need Pat's experience in there for Derby. We're, <laughs> Probably going to want three men in there for Derby as well, and I know that he, Clark he doesn't look ahead and he, he changed the project and whatnot. But I think at the minute with with what we've got, you've, we've kind of got to, um, because realistically, are we going to have another body in the door before before we play Derby? And I don't think I really don't think we will, which is frustrating. But but Morecambe's the winnable game on paper. Derby's more of a free hit. So yeah, you, it, you could imagine going for three points on Saturday and and you take what you can out of the derby game. Yeah, I I, I get that. I just think you, you want you want to make you want to make a statement against Derby as well. We've beat them once this season, albeit maybe a tad lucky, um, getting two penalties in a game and Collins punching Smithy in the face. But it it be. It'll be an interesting eleven. And it's not the first time Clarky's rolled the dice and gambled with an eleven for a second game for the second game in the week. It is it. No. So it'll be an interesting eleven to say the least. Pretty but, tight pitch there as well. They can. I've, I've seen them sit in against us a couple of times. It was that game during lockdown when we had so much of the ball and we just couldn't. Um, was that the, was that, the, was that nil nil? It was no, one, one, one nil. nil we lost penalty, penalty yeah. Um, the man, um, that ref who got Bobby Madley. That was it. Yeah. Bobby. Dodgy penalty. I think Gibbo stood up there, man, fouled him and fell over, and he gave a penalty. That was it. Then I remember, um, in it was a terrible night, Tuesday night, just after we played Man City, in a howling gale and, and rain and. We lost two one. Gibbo scored, and yeah, they they went two 0 up and just sat in. Did they have Vadrain Oliver up front for him that night? He could well have done. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think I got shouted at by a Vale fan that day. The last two or three games I've gone to Morecambe, it has absolutely hosed it down with rain. Well, the positive is you'll be in the you're in the standing bit, so you've actually got a proper roof. Yeah, that's that's something at least. It won't be as bad as Forest Green. Yeah, that's it. Now that's that, that that one's done for the season. Accrington next. Hopefully, it'll be sunshiny when we have to go there. But, Good Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- there we go. We need we need scores on the doors. Andy, st- start with you. What where where are you going? What's what's the score prediction? Brought to you by avtiming.com. Get yourself over there, sign up for a race, and cheers to Dom who's messaged me and after hearing that I'd signed up for the Congleton 10k, he signed up himself. Lovely. I saw Randy on Monday night actually. Did you? Yeah. Over at the Vale, ah. Yeah, said hello. Um, yeah. Cheers, Andy. Um, nice comments. Um, it's good to know you listen. Um, right, I reckon 2 1 Vale with a late winner. Um, first goal. I will say Garrity 31. I'm going 2-0 Vale. 
I was also going Garrity, but I will go the 52nd minute. Johnny? I'm going 2-1 Vale, Smudger, 34 minutes, Edda. Everyone's loving life. And now, Bez, you can bugger off to bed. And then tomorrow night, you can go down to Johnny's bar, have yourself an ale and up the veil. Well, I can't because he's shut this weekend, but he'll be back open next week. With the old Bez. But after that, you can go down, have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So order delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.